1: Alan Hinton served as a helicopter pilot in the Marines from 1968 until 1980. He served in combat in Vietnam and again in Desert Storm when his reserve unit was called up. The remainder of his career was spent as a history and government teacher at Parkway South High School. Hinton is a member of the U.S. Marine Combat Helicopter Association and is one of the organizers of its biennial reunion, which takes place next week at Westport Plaza. It's the first time the event has been held in the Midwest. On Tuesday, St. Louis Public Radio reporter Mary Leonard sat down with Hinton to talk with him about his military and teaching careers and the reunion. She asked him how the U.S. Marine Combat Helicopter Association came about. Well, it actually started with about six or seven uh,
0: former Marine uh, helicopter pilots that had served in Vietnam that went up to Las Vegas in 1986 to get together and just have a good time and. Then word got out and uh, other Marines that had been in the helicopter community uh, started calling them up. Hey, I heard you're holding a reunion. They said, well, not really. But so in 1988, we had the first one once again in Las Vegas. And we've been having them every two years since then. We also have members that didn't fly or were connected with marine uh, helicopter operations in Vietnam. We're starting to get members that are uh, coming back from uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. The only requirement to join is uh, you had to serve in a marine helicopter unit somewhere, in a combat zone somewhere in the world, anytime, and you're a member. In fact, a short little sidelight here. I met Bill McClellan at a Veterans Day get-together over in St. Charles. And I'd known Bill had served in the Marine Corps. He was there. He was still writing columns for the Post-Dispatch. And so I just, one Marine to another, just got talking to him and said, well, uh, who'd you serve with in Vietnam? And he says, well, I was in MAG-16. And I says, well, I was in MAG-16. When were you there? 1970. I says, We were there at the same time, but we didn't know it. He actually worked for the public affairs office there, and uh, his mission was to write stories for this newspaper, The Sea Tiger, they used to put out once a week. And so uh, Bill McClellan from the Post-Dispatch actually flew on uh, some medevac missions and some other missions. So as far as I'm concerned, he's qualified to be a member he uh, participated in marine helicopter operations in a combat zone, and that's about the only requirement to join.
2: Well, tell me about your experiences in Vietnam.
0: Actually, it was pretty mundane, really. It was like having a job. You got up every day and checked what mission you were assigned to fly, and uh, you went out and flew the mission. Our purpose was solely to support the guys on the ground, uh I flew the helicopter gunships when we escorted the medevac aircraft and the resupply aircraft. And if somebody started shooting at them, well, we'd shoot back if we could identify where it was coming from. My biggest fear was always that I might accidentally uh, shoot one of our own people. But fortunately, that never happened. I flew 920 combat missions. Never crashed, never got shot down, never had anybody killed or wounded who went out with me. So actually, um, you know, you sometimes you'd fly for weeks on end and nothing would be going on. I mean, you know, you'd fly the mission. You didn't make contact with the enemy. I mean, the only time we came into play was when we uh, happened to run across them. And pretty much that was pretty few and far between. Now, Where
2: were you based in Vietnam.
0: I was based at a place called Marble Mountain, which was right there on the South China Sea, a little bit east of the big Da Nang Air Base. All the marine helicopter units that were based in I-Corps at that time were um, based at Marble Mountain. There were seven squadrons of marine helicopters there, all part of Marine Air Group 16.
2: Tell me about that helicopter you flew. That was a pretty big one, right?
0: No, actually it was a small one. It was basically a UE helicopter that they put a couple of M60 machine guns and a rocket pod on each side. And then we had a crew chief and a door gunner in the back. So we carried a crew of four. And as so I said, our mission was basically to escort, you know, the transport helicopters. After you loaded a, the UE up with four people and a full load of fuel and uh, 10,000 rounds of machine gun ammunition we carried, we were pretty much at our max gross weight. <laughs> Probably couldn't put another person in there without uh, exceeding uh, max gross takeoff weight.
2: So what does this Papa smoke mean? I, I saw your, on your website, that's actually the website name that you, right. you well, use. Right. Um,
0: well, when you're out there supporting the guys on the ground, you... Uh, Give them a call on your FM radio and uh, try to locate where they're at. You know, so your guy on the ground might will give you directions. Uh, you know, yeah. You ask him, do you see any helicopters in the area? And he'll probably come back and say, yeah, you're down here at my uh, three o'clock. So you look out your right window and you got a general idea where he's at. And then we'd ask him to pop a smoke grenade. You know, it's just like a regular grenade except it doesn't blow up. It, You know, it'll be either yellow or red or green smoke will come out of it. And uh, it was just a way for the uh, air crew to locate the people on the ground that we were supporting. And then from there, you know, we'd get a briefing from them on the ground. Are you taking fire? You, uh, Well, what's the situation? And from there, you know, you'd plot how you were going. Plus, uh, seeing the smoke came up gave you an indication of which way the wind was blowing. So, uh, generally speaking, you try to land the aircraft headed into the wind. Say it was a medevac mission. As the medevac aircraft went in to actually pick up the casualty, we'd orbit. And, as I said, if they, somebody started shooting at them, then we'd try to locate where they were being shot at from and uh, attempt to suppress their... Uh, their fire.
2: You make it sound like it wasn't scary. There had to well, be some I, days when it was well, a little I, hairy.
0: No, I don't ever remember being particularly frightened. I mean, I knew what I signed up for. I, I went in the Marine Corps officer program while I was in uh, college down southeast Missouri State. And when I graduated, they made me a lieutenant in the Marine Corps and sent me to flight school, which is what they'd promised. And, uh, By the time I got to Vietnam, I was 27 years old. It wasn't like I was some young kid that just got drafted in and really didn't want to be there.
2: You know, I think we're all thinking about Vietnam this Mm -hmm. week with the passing of Senator McCain. Right. For you as a Vietnam veteran, is there anything in particular that you'd like to share
0: Well, I mean, uh, John McCain was flying A-4s off an aircraft carrier doing bombing missions over North uh, Vietnam when he was shot down, captured in the POW for five and a half years. And, uh, you know, his father was the uh, commander of all naval forces in the Pacific. And so he was quite a prize to the North Vietnamese having captured the son of the top admiral in the Pacific uh, at the time, and, uh, you know, they tried to use him as a bargaining chip. They offered to send him home early, and, of course, he saw it as a propaganda thing, and he said, no, I'll uh, go home in the order in which I was captured. You know, I mean, I'm not going to desert my friends, and that right there tells me all I need to know about his character.
2: So tell me about the uh, reunion. What do you want people in the St. Louis area to know about this reunion?
0: Well, it's we just get together and uh, have a have a good time. They've got some tours uh, scheduled, you know, to take the wives to various places. The guys will, you know, a lot of times just sit around and talk about old things. And of course, sometimes the uh, uh, the more the story gets told, the better it gets. <laughs> but then again, you know, I try very hard to not embellish any, any actual events, you know, just keep it low key. We get together, we have a buffet dinner on uh, Thursday night there. And then Friday night, each individual squadron has their own uh, squadron reunion. I've set that up for my squadron. Uh, We're going to be out at uh, PO's on Friday night out in St. Charles at the restaurant. And then the big dinner that uh, Saturday evening, uh, Marine Reserve from uh, St. Louis will provide the color guard. We've got uh, guest speakers, and uh, we just try and tend to have a good time.
2: I see you're wearing your USMC T-shirt.
0: Well, is that only... your
2: uniform now? That you are retired? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's the only thing I own. I own a, I own about fifty of these.
2: Seriously? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, see, the one thing I liked about being in the military was. Yeah, you didn't have to get up in the morning and worry about what you were going to wear. You put on whatever (laughs) uniform—put on the uniform of the day, you know. For the year I was in Vietnam, I basically lived in a flight suit.
2: Tell me about teaching. You taught high school, right?
0: Right. I taught uh, U.S. History and Government at Parkway South High School for 28 years from 1980 till I retired in 2008.
2: Did your Marine training help?
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, particularly as an officer in the Marine Corps, you know, they they impress upon you very early on that, uh, you know, you have to evaluate whatever situation arises and uh, just uh, deal with it. The whole idea is to try to create order out of chaos. In fact, I got an interesting story I'd I'd been through the jungle survival school and a couple other survival schools in my life, and one uh, day in my freshman history class, there was a commotion in the back of the room. Right, and these three girls were back there, and they one of them had actually gotten was standing up in her chair, and and they're you know so I go back see what the heck's going on, and uh, there's a little bug crawling across the carpet. And, you know, they're acting like, you know, so I said, is this what's causing the problem? And they said, yeah, Mr. Hinton and everything. So I just reached down, picked the bug up off the carpet and popped it in my mouth and ate it in front of them. And, of course, you know, by the end of the day, that little tiny bug had grown into about a six-inch cockroach. And uh, the grapevine in the school had pretty (laughs) much—every person that retells a story has to add their own— their own little bit of uh, to it, you know, so it it grows out of sight, you know occasionally I'd have to stop a fight or something between a couple of young men or something and just go down there and what was harder
2: being a marine combat helicopter pilot or teaching high school?
0: actually, I don't think either one of them was that tough a job <laughs> yeah you know, I mean, you know what you were getting into.
2: you were telling me about James Edward. Is it Magel?
0: James Magel, right. Uh, he was one of the first um, marine helicopter pilots to die in Vietnam. His, home, his uh, hometown is listed as Mae, Missouri. At that point, we hadn't committed uh, ground troops to Vietnam. That didn't happen until the end of March 1965. And uh, up to that point, Their marine helicopters had been flying in Vietnam since 62, but generally they were uh, hauling South Vietnamese here and there, and there hadn't been much contact because it was really a guerrilla war. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was basically a lot of hit-and-run things, a lot of putting people down, looking for folks that you can't seem to find. It so happened that there was a Life magazine magazine, photojournalist that was uh, decided to go out on a mission with the marine uh, helicopter unit uh, hmm163 that was uh, putting some South Vietnamese troops in the field so he's taking pictures and getting his story you know to put into life magazine well in this particular instance uh, when they landed in the in the zone to drop the South Vietnamese soldiers off uh they started taking fire and uh James uh was uh flying as a co pilot and uh he got hit. The other aircraft they managed to get his body out of the aircraft and the rest of the crew, but uh anyway, his uh picture of him as he's being flown out, it was on the cover of Life magazine along with the story, the Issue of Life magazine was one of the early uh, April. It was like the first or second issue in April 1965. And by that time, uh, we had started to escalate because uh, we were trying to win the war. And uh, it kind of reached its peak in 1968, but by that time, it wasn't just the local Viet Cong that you were dealing with. The North Vietnamese were sending their regular army troops down into South uh, Vietnam.
2: You know, after Vietnam or even during Vietnam when the troops were coming back, there wasn't a whole lot of accolades.
0: You know, I mean, in my case, I didn't expect it. You know, you hear these stories about uh Oh, they spit on me when I got off the airplane and everything. And I mean, my my experience was I came out of Vietnam, uh, got back to the United States on the 19th of December, 1970. We landed at Norton Air Force Base in uh, San Bernardino, California. I was in my uniform, rode the bus down to Los Angeles International Airport, uh, Got my plane ticket back home to Missouri, and uh, you know nobody gave me any problem. Nobody, uh, yeah, I mean generally, I think that the average, most people in America probably wanted to see the war end, and sometimes a small group of people that want to make a statement can cause a commotion that seems to make people believe that this is happening everywhere. You know, when in reality, it's usually just a handful of people that are trying to do something to get attention themselves or make a statement for whatever their cause is.
2: Anything else you'd like to say? You say um, former Marines, are, well, actually, once a Marine, always a Marine, right? Excuse yeah. me. Come on down to the reunion, right?
0: Yes. I mean, even if you're not a member of Papa Smoke, you just want to, stop by and say hi and everything you might run into as I said we're starting to get uh, people in the association that have done tours of duty in Afghanistan and Iraq so you know you might run into you might run into somebody you know
2: Mr. Hinton Captain Hinton congratulations on uh, the reunion thank you for your service I hope it all goes well
1: oh I'm sure it will that was retired Marine helicopter pilot Alan Hinton in a conversation with St. Louis Public Radio reporter Mary Leonard. The Papa Smoke reunion of the U.S. Marine Combat Helicopter Association takes place September 5th through the 9th at the Westport Sheraton Hotel. You can find more information at stlpublicradio.org slash air This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.